Psalm chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them. That those who love, for those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Let us pray. Heavenly and gracious Father, we do give you great thanks that we can come before you this day have you called us, your people, called us here to worship you. May, Lord, your word be presented to the people through my body, through my voice. Lord, I pray you would use me to encourage and to fulfill um, your word and to proclaim uh, the glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, I'm going to be filling in, obviously, for Pastor. Um, in the words that I'm going to be talking about is, is really kind of a reflection, a reflection of our own, my wife and, and myself, um, as we've dealt with struggles and trials and tribulations and recognizing joy amidst it all. And want to do more than just survive the time or just get through the week. Did you ever ask someone uh, how they're doing and they just say, I'm surviving? I found myself saying that more often than I should. Struggles, burdens, illness, injury, tough times, just things not going the way you had hoped, whether it's business, work, family, church, or just life in general. Cindy and I have the benefit of having truly a blessed relationship of friends. Um, our friend Je Jamie Boda and Stephanie Boda, they live out in Colorado. I've been friends with Jamie since I was 14. So we're 43 years into a friendship, which is a blessed and wonderful thing. His wife Stephanie uh, and him have a lot of, uh, of things in common with Sandy and I in many ways, including we have seven children, they have eight. We both homeschooled together. We've lived, we've learned, we've cried, we've laughed. Our friendship is tru truly something that we cherish. We love them like family. We call them our family. Our children love them. We love their children. Their children love us. We're so thankful to have that kind of a relationship. So as we were struggling through some things and we're always we're sharing, we decided to uh, come up with a thought, hey, what if we got together using the technology that we have and have a Bible study that we can do, them being in Colorado, us being in New Hampshire, we could do it through Zoom. So we ventured to try and move in that direction to do a study together. So in trying to discuss and figure out what topics we should look at. Um, you know, Jamie had read this book called Life with a capital L a couple times and he actually had it in a video, I mean an audio format, in that we could listen to it together one chapter at a time, one week at a time and be able to respond and reflect um, and just get some thoughts out together. The biggest benefit of the audio book 
was that it was the author himself who was reading it. So he was able to really put into it a lot of feeling and emphasis in those areas where he really wanted to uh, make clear, and that really helped it a lot. So a lot of this is really just a reflection on that study time that we had, um, and I'll read through most of this because I do need to do it by notes. My younger days, maybe not, but today, notes work great. So the book Life with a capital L by Matt Hurd. The main focus of this book is to help Christians understand and live a more fulfilling and joyful life with God, no matter what your circumstances are. He begins this book with an introduction, and in the introduction, you see a picture of a painting that he saw while touring an art gallery in Moscow. And he starts talking about what's in the painting. The painting is by a Russian artist named Nikolai Yoroshenko, painted back in 1888. It shows five diverse persons who are on a, who are on a prison train heading towards Siberia, looking out a barred window in cold weather. They were a soldier, a worker, a peasant, a mother, and a one to two year old child. The train had come to a stop at a station and on the platform below the window were some birds feeding on something. As they were feeding, these five prisoners were all trying to see and watch them as they were eating through this very small barred window. Their current circumstances were not good as you can imagine, but yet the baby had a smile and they were all intently watching with some sort of joy as these birds continued to eat and live life as normal amongst the terrible situation. It's quite a dramatic illustration of a very bad situation and the little joy that someone can have as they struggle through this very difficult situation. It exemplifies seeing something ordinary, but yet at that time was uplifting to them. Yet contrasting that scene within the same picture as you could look through in the oh, just over their shoulders, you could see the dark silhouette of a sixth person. In the background, on the opposite side of a rail car, aimlessly staring out of another barred window in what may be described as a blank stare as he was contemplating the dreadful reality of what is and what was to come. The same scene and circumstances viewed and lived at that moment with two totally different perspectives and outcomes. Even in a moment of intense struggle, can God give us relief, even if for only a moment? And the answer is yes. Thankfully, he can, and he will. Living a Christian life is more than just getting your responsibilities and duties done to get through your day. Whether it's work, home, family, church, or whatever you may be involved in at the time, it's doing all that and recognizing God. As he does a work in your life, 
along the way. The good, the bad, the happy, the sad, in the midst of all of it, we need to ask ourselves this question. What is God showing me or teaching me through this experience right now? Ultimately, we know it's for our own good, even though sometimes we don't understand it. It may not even want to believe it, that it's for our own good. It seems to be easier to recognize his goodwill when it's joy, but it's not so easy when it's a trial. We can see the examples of David as he writes in the Psalms about his own struggles and challenges. Here's one example in the very next chapter, chapter six. Let's read chapter six, verse one through seven. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in anguish. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me from the, for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? I am weary in my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eyes wasted away because of grief. It grows weak because of my foes. That's quite a contrast in verse from the one former. But David and others in the Bible are just as human as we are. We see their struggles and tribulations and joy just like our own, and God has revealed it throughout Scripture for us to see. We read in Scripture that we should expect all of it, and it shows us how to get through it as we rely on God. We see it throughout the Scriptures as his people, his chosen people. They have to go through the burdens, many burdens just like ourselves. And it's, and it's just everywhere through scripture. The main focus on most is getting through understanding and then relying on God to show you the, the way and show you relief. The Westminster Confession, Catechism Question 1 asks, what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. What does that mean, forever? If I say to my wife, I'll love you forever, that implies right now, in every moment for all eternity. Forever starts now and not when we are with God in heaven and everything is perfect. So it starts now, enjoy him forever. It's not just when we go to be with him. A lot of that we even hear within our Sunday school class. What is heaven? And it's an amazing thing to think that it starts now. We all have opportunities to see something more 
than our narrow focus on the day-to-day -day tasks and responsibilities that we have each and every day. Even in the midst of some trials and tribulations that we may be going through, God's grace and mercy can be seen if we look past the current circumstances and look at the beauty and the joy that he has laid out before us through his son, Jesus Christ. It seems hard at first. I may not always see it. I may not always feel it, but I know that it's always there. The more I look, the more I can see his beauty and glory. Let's look at the word joy that David talks about. I won't get into a complete sermon on it as pastor has in the past, but we can touch on it with the time that we have here. Joy is a hard word for us to comprehend. We tend to define it by a feeling which can be very limiting and fleeting. It has so much more meaning and depth to it than just a mere feeling. We have assurance, comfort, security, and many other realities of joy. Ultimately, David's joy is in his faith and trust in the Lord's promises and care for him. That's where we can rely on our joy. It's there always. Living joyfully in all circumstances because we believe in Jesus Christ and the work he did for our sake on the cross is easy to say. It's even easy to believe. But it can be hard to live out and apply practically in everyday life. Just because we believe in Jesus Christ doesn't make it easy to live life with a capital L joyfully. But it makes it possible, despite living in a fallen world tainted with sin. As we work through this book study, it reaffirmed and helped us to realize those beautiful and wonderful things that are there along our path. We just have to be intentional to see them and thank God for them. The more we see, the more we think, the more we'll see and the more we'll think. Here's one example of exactly that, which just occurred not too long ago. Sandy was watching our four-year-old granddaughter, Rosemary, sometime in the mid-morning. I called her up to see how things were going. And she's kind of said with a little chuckle, you know, things are going fine. I'm sitting here reading books, probably her 12th book or 20th book, I'm not sure. Rosemary likes to have books read to her. She said, so I'm just sitting here and enjoying the time. And then she says, and I gotta tell you something. I was reading one of the books that we've read a million times to all of our kids. And in this book, no matter how many times you read it, you kind of chuckle here and there and you have a giggle here and there because some things are just funny over and over and over again. And so as she was laughing away, all of a sudden, Rosemary, without even looking up at her, says, Mima, when you laugh, you sound like a chipmunk. So that little innocent thing was the chuckle of her day. Those are the little things that God puts before us, that if we don't stop and think and realize the joy that that brings to us, then we miss it.
and we just go on to the next book. So that little bit of a moment is one that stuck out to her, and it actually lifted her for the day. And, and many days after, she shared that little story with the family and with friends. Now I lost my place. Give me a minute here. So with that, uh, my hope is once a day to see God working in my life, either through his natural creation, like the beautiful fall foliage, his creatures, or anything he's created, or through the love and kindness of his people, or things created by his people. There's many things that we can be looking for or even the circumstances of a wonderful or challenging situation or event. So even through all that we have to deal with, we are called to be looking for God and what he's doing for us at that moment. Because we know that he's in control of all, and we know that he has our best interest in mind, and we just have to believe it and look for it. I also need to be to practice living life with a capital L. And a capital L, as he explained, is, is the life that Christians can lead. And only Christians can do it with a capital L because they know the promises of God and what is meant for them for eternity. Everyone who's not a Christian, he believes, lives life with a little L because they truly don't understand the fullness of what life is in, with a life with God. So 20 years ago, we bought a 50-acre piece of land that we wanted to buy a house, I mean to build a house on. And this particular piece of land was special to us because as we had searched for a couple of years, we were looking for a, a bigger parcel than just a two-acre lot. We finally found one. And then on this piece of land, as some of you may know if you've been to my house, there's a nice little brook that runs through it with, uh, with a waterfall. And it sounds beautiful, and it looks beautiful, and it is a beautiful thing to, to be able to see over and over again. So we decided on that location to be able to build our house, and so we did. So we built that house, but before we could, we had to clear the trees because it was a heavily forested area. So we cleared the house lot trees, and we cleared, I cleared things down, but because it was so thickly grown up, you could see through the rest of the trees right to the brook. So I left all the trees, all, obviously, all around the brook. But you could see clearly right through them. Over the years, you know, if, that, since we had cleared the trees, sun came in. And what does sun do? Sun brings life. And little saplings start to grow up. And so the area that was cleared, you know, after a couple of years, I noticed these saplings, so I cut them down. And then the next year, I'd cut them down. You know, in the next year, I would just cut them down. Some of them I'd just pull out, you know, but it was not a long task. It was pretty quick, and it was just some day during the summer I would go and pull them out. And then probably eight years in, maybe 10, I don't know exactly, didn't pull them out. And then year next year goes by, didn't pull them out again, didn't cut them down. And things about that beautiful brook were getting covered up, and I didn't even notice it until years went by. And then just this past summer, you could hear the brook, and I realized you can't see the water. You can't see the beautiful view that God had put there for us to be able to enjoy. So I finally 
got my saw because now I can't just clip them and I had to cut all down the saplings they were they were like two and three inches thick and they could you couldn't even see through so I cut them all down and then behold there's the beautiful scene of that brook sitting there and we could see it again didn't change it was always there we could hear it but we just couldn't see it I need to make sure that our focus while living life here on earth doesn't become such a narrow path that's being crowded in by trees. We can let our burdens and our troubles and our challenges all start to grow up like saplings and they can burden us tremendously and they can keep us from seeing what God's intentions are for us. So joy is found in believing in God and seeing him. Our job is to make sure that we keep those saplings under control and let those burdens go to the side and keep our focus in on God and let him show us what is good and pleasant and pleasing in our life. Cut down the trees. Keep your path open. Keep your eyes on God. And forever continue to hold on to him now, today, and forever, eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly and gracious Father, we do thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, because we know that joy in life, with a capital L, comes from you. You have it there for us. Lord, we pray that you would help keep our eyes open to it and to rejoice when we see it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.